Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Wrestle Down. We took a week off and we're back. We're, we we let the we let wrestling build up a little bit. We did. Because otherwise, what would we have talked about? Uh, fucking Raw. Yeah. SmackDown. No. The first ever AEW. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, everyone else was doing shit, and we were like, let's not do shit because we're innovators. That's right. That's how it works. That's how innovation works. You you be lazy at the right times. <laughs> <laughs> And then you work hard at the other times. And we worked hard this week. We went to uh, AEW Dynamite live from Boston. Yeah, we did at the Aganis Arena near Boston University. About a 15-minute walk from my apartment. Nice. I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I bought parking ahead of time. I live in Medford, mm. Massachusetts, which yeah. was... Uh, without traffic, 15 minutes from the arena, but I got a par- uh, private garage off-site. It was easy to get in and get out. Nice, nice. I, uh, yeah, I just traveled up the uh, the road and uh, got a pizza. Uh, pizza made my girlfriend sick. Uh, that's 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 fine. She had a good time anyway. Okay, good. And she's in Florida now, vacationing. So, oh, nice. So, you know, things are good. Right, eat it. Taking Otherwise- a vacation from that shitty pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have invited her on here to, you know, have her thoughts on... A fucking show that she's never seen before. <laughs> um, but she like came away liking it. Um, what were your thoughts of the live experience of AEW? I really enjoyed it. And yeah. like in, ver- in, in fairness to anybody, it was only the second time that Dynamite had ever aired. Yep. So everyone's thoughts should be thoughts should be very fresh for right. something that's two uh, two shows old. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoyed it a whole lot. I think that. Um, the live experience of any wrestling show is really strong when they have dark matches, which mm-hmm. they made it a point to have one and then hype the entire night that there were going to be two after the taping. Yep. Or not even the taping, the live uh, uh, show. The broadcast, yeah. And arguably, um, there were like two pay-per-view caliber matches that we got for free, one during the live broadcast and one during the dark. Yep. Um, I'm get- I mean, I think out of what's happened in the week in wrestling so far, uh, the tag match between... Uh, Private Party and Young Bucks is probably the best match of the week. I hands down would agree. Uh, you know, I think I would, I would put Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks in the Hell in a Cell if you if you start your week on a Sunday. True, uh, like a good Christian boy. Um, yep, huge, huge fans <laughs> of the crisscross on this, this show. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I think it's uh, there's so there's been so much wrestling this week, but the AEW was amazing, mm. um, and it didn't have you know. Uh, Two hours of crap following an hour of good stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was, uh, I've been to, what, three or four Raws and one SmackDown, and I think I like this a lot better than uh, all of the other ones. They're doing a really good job of being very focused on the matches. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was one promo by Jericho, and it's like, it's Jericho, why would you not give him promo time? Yep. And he wrestled last week, so it's like, give him a week off for, oh, we also wrestled this week, I guess, but, right. you know, he's the champ. Exactly, and like that—that that definitely stood out among like Raws, Smackdowns. Um, I went to Nitro once um, back in its day when the Ultimate Warrior uh, abducted the Disciple. <laughs> Things happened, um, and yeah, AEW was wholly focused on matches. I think in total we saw like eight to nine matches over the course of like three hours. Right. Um, yeah, Jericho cut his promo about the Inner Circle, which mm-hmm. is now his uh, little stable in AEW, which is by no means late, little because of Jake Hager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a big man. Yep. Um, yeah. Jericho, pro- great promo. Yeah. Like, he had everyone, like, engaged in, like, sometimes I couldn't hear because the fans were too loud, which is a good problem to have. Yep. Sorry about the background noise. Uh, Keaton uh, just watched uh, NXT with us, and he is amped about Walter versus Kushida. I think he's trying to do it uh, on his own uh, under my bed, but... I mean, we'll see what... I mean, maybe I'll install a camera down there, and we'll see what, what he pulls off in his little studio. Yeah, it, it, that's the uh, Palapa Performance Center yeah. under, underneath the bed. It's how he gets ripped. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the inner circle is here. Uh, Jericho managed to kill the We the People chant dead. Yeah. Because that's what people immediately started chanting at the former Jack Swagger. Right. Um, and he just made it a point to pump up every member of the inner circle in a way that makes them not have to speak for themselves, which is perfect in a brand new company that can absolutely benefit from one of the greatest talkers ever, talking them up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he was able to emphasize like different uh, individual unique things about each guy. 
Um, you got to yell, that's a shoot. Yep. And he ended it with uh, referencing a little bit of the bubbly. And that is... Is Keaton hitting the mic cord somehow? I'm he like, might be. I don't know. It's There's there's nothing back there, but I... Uh, I don't know. Whatever he's doing back there. Yep. Um, he's getting his zoomies in. But yeah. yeah. Um, inner Circle looks real strong. Uh, oh, yeah. Jericho gets got to yell, it's a shoot after Jake Hager's uh, MMA record was announced mm-hmm. after, I think, two or three matches that he's ever had, ever, which he is undefeated. Yes, he is undefeated, but it is like a 2-0 record. Yeah. So it's not like... The Extensive, most yeah, or and he's in, which is to say he's also never been just like a weight class champion in MMA yet. He's just getting started, which yeah. is not to say he can't ever win one. It's just fun when something like that gets hyperinflated by a dickhead heel. Yeah, they'll just they'll just never specify how many fights he's had. Yep, uh, just t- tomato can after tomato can. Yeah, it's uh, he'll get he'll you know I don't is he even still uh, pursuing that? Do you know, uh, Jake Hager. Yeah. He is. So okay. like, that was part of, I'd, I'd read a couple things about Tony Khan um, being very excited about how I, apparently he's been signed for months to AEW. I heard that like, he got signed before uh, All In. Right. Or so, All Out. So I guess part of his contract, similar to like, I guess, Lashley when he was in Impact, is mm-hmm. that he gets to train uh, schedule his training camps around the, or vice versa, AEW will schedule around his training oh, camps. cool. Which, we'll see how long. Like, if he's still successful in MMA, it seems like he would do both. Yeah. But yeah. He got built up. He didn't have to say a thing, which is great. I think he, for the course of his pro wrestling career, has always been better silent. Yes. Uh, having a mouthpiece or just letting his wrestling speak for him. Yeah, there's a very uh, Diesel, Shawn Michaels like vibe when you see like uh, Jake Hager and uh, Chris Jericho side by side in like the same frame. Yep. It's very cool. Yeah, and he got and Jericho got to build up uh, Sammy Chavar- Guevara. Guevara. Yeah. Sammy Guevara. I- yeah, I almost made a revolutionary there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and that reminded me a little bit of, like, Triple H building up Randy Orton in the Evolution promo of just, like, here's our young dude. He does things that most people can't see. He yeah. is super talented, so here he is. He also pointed out how sexy he is. Yeah. And <laughs> it's true. And he, <laughs> and he had something, I, I couldn't quite hear what he said about LAX other than that they're, like, psychos. Yeah. Which I like. I like having, you know, they, these, he really set up uh, what each role was for each member of the boy band. <laughs> it's true. Uh, both members of LAX, Santana and Ortiz, are uh, the opposite of Joey Fatone. They are back alley brawlers. <laughs> you don't know what Joey does in his free time. <laughs> I don't. No one knows what Joey does in his free time. I'd have to check Wikipedia. Honestly, I, it's funny you mentioned that. I saw I, the only episode ever of Impractical Jokers I've seen and may ever <laughs> see. Uh, he runs a hot dog stand. <laughs> That makes sense. They call it fat once. <laughs> oh, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that. Oh, there was there was a lot of great things to talk about with AEW. There was yeah. the opening of the tag tournament, which we talked about. Mm-hmm. Par- Private Party looked like megastars. Yeah, I think like even our friend Ben, who was with us, like yelled, "I don't think you're winning this one." And then they won it, and the crowd was like completely on board and completely like on their side by like midway through the match. Oh yeah. Which, it was hard not to be. They had incredible high-flying moves mm-hmm. that they just did deftly. And so, like, it looked effortless how much they were just, like, gliding through the air and nailing the Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks, like, any one of their, like, top three, top five matches, you, you see, like, super kicks and melter drivers and just, like, bonkers, not so shit. Mm-hmm. They toned it back in part because it's Steven, also because, like, it was smart of them to get in the offense they did to sell the offense that got put on them and put over a young, hungry team. Yeah. It, I, one of my worries with AEW has been that, like, they've got a lot of, like, quality wrestlers at the top. And, you know, you, it's worrisome that maybe those egos might overtake the product. But so far, I mean, the Bucks putting over um, Private Party like that uh, eases my fears a lot because oh, yeah. they, like, they didn't get overindulgent like the worst uh, Bucks uh, tendencies. They just kind of they kind of let private party shine, which is very nice. Like it, mostly, their offense was built on the audience kind of knowing their offense and then getting countered, yep. like the Melter Driver that uh, or Melter Driver attempt that uh, ended the match. Yep. Yeah, it was it was great. Uh, ben again was just, before the match even started was just like to the uh, at the Young Bucks. He was like, "Yep, they're a whole Ring of Honor show." <laughs> In one team. <laughs> and, like, yeah, they absolutely held off on, like, they sold things, they didn't overdo it mm-hmm. in terms of offense, they they did a great job, and now um, are probably going to transition to fighting Santana and Ortiz from the Inner Circle, which is perfect. Yeah. 
They ran it. Yeah, they did run in at the end. So yes, yeah, yeah. that's probably the plan. That would make sense, and it'd be great. Yeah, it'd be a great, uh, great match. Yep, hot opener, hot promo, hot Sammy Guevara. Yeah, and then um, cooled it down a little bit with some goth violence. Oh yeah, I don't know. What'd you think of that match? I thought that it was a great job of showing how much punishment Darby Allen can take. Yeah, I think Jimmy Havoc does a, a job whenever he's asked to of beating the shit out of somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think I feel like the right guy won. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I don't think anybody really thought that Havoc really had a chance because he's kind of he would be a heel versus heel match in mm. a way uh, if he had to fight Jericho next week. A little bit heel versus heel, but also I like Jimmy Havoc's the type of guy. It's always interesting where certain reputations follow people from other companies. Like mm. I know him as a guy who like revolutionized British wrestling and progress mm. in like the, more with more of a hardcore style. Yeah. So he doesn't necessarily have much to gain by being AEW champion, which True. is funny because it's like the new hot company but also i don't really think american fans really know him that well no right it's it's easier to access darby allen he's just like he's brooding he's young he's fast he's a skateboarder he's a skateboarder um he's in excellent shape um there's just there's more energy yeah to him than there is somebody like jimmy havoc right so uh i think the right guy absolutely went over uh the coffin drop looks cool when it lands yeah i was relieved that he landed on a person (laughs) It, it was the first time i've seen a jimmy havoc match that wasn't him like nail-gutting a guy's feet to the mat and then pushing them into a bed of thumbtacks. Right. Like, I, I was very interested to see him work just, like, a regular match. Um, even when I've seen him in, like... I think he was at both progress shows that I've been to, like, the match would be scheduled as, like, a regular one-on-one match. But then he'd be like, well, let's hardcore it up. And then his opponent would be like, I agree. And then they just make it a hardcore match just by agreement. Uh, so, like, this match was was good. To, it was interesting to see him, like, in that context. But uh, it was mostly about putting Darby over. Yep. Which makes sense. He's a very young dude who uh, is exciting to watch. Yeah. He's, he does spots with skateboards. What more do you ask for? <laughs> and sometimes barrels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've So far... Two weeks of uh, AEW action, no Cracker Barrel. I am not, you know, no Cracker Barrel, uh, very little Orange Cassidy and Best Friends, uh, and so far, no Boy and His Dinosaur uh, throughout each show, and it's a little disappointing. A little bit. I feel like we'll start to get wackier stuff as the weeks go on. I'm pretty sure a Boy and His Dinosaur are fighting Lucha Bros next week. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't see the what was advertised next week, but that's very cool. It's either that or the Best Friends versus uh, whoever they're opposite against in the tournament. Oh, right, yeah. I didn't... Oh, sorry. There we go. All right. Um, Technical adjustments. Yeah. Uh, I'll try to remember to edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can, um, or maybe... It, it, it's really hard to find a specific thing in a hour-long recording or however long we do each week. That's fair. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, God. Um... Yeah, so there was the... That match was good. The women's tag match? Yes. Um... I think my I was a little vaguely disappointed just because the audience didn't know what to make of them, which makes sense because it's week two of a new TV show. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it was very like it's heartening that the crowd is willing to be on board with the women because Riho is over like gangbusters. Yep. Like every move she did, like got a huge reaction and then someone else would like go on offense and the crowd would be like, okay, I'm going to learn about dentistry. (laughs) Also from where we were sitting, we couldn't see um, Britt Baker's like mandible claw-ish finisher. Yeah, I was confused because from our angle, it looked like she was just doing the brutalizer. Yeah. Which, I I mean, I'm not against people having the same finishing moves, but it gives me smacks of WWE when Mm. everyone's got a spear. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, her beating Emi Sakura, who was just like a female meat missile version of Freddie Mercury, Mm -hmm. which is very fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, fun way to end it. Uh... I total agreement that like the crowd was invested when Rio was involved, but it you, that's one out of four people. Yeah, and you would make and it makes sense. She got like a huge spotlight last week. Yep. And this is the first time that like the other three have been on a national TV show. Right. So I like Emmy Sakura's look. I like her energy. I think it's it's weird when you have a Freddie Mercury type as a heel. Yeah, I feel that's like true. Naturally, Queen is just kind of like a face band. Yeah. Um, I love B Priestley. I think yeah. that her strikes were super effective and executed really well. Her aggression was awesome. Cool. The post-match attack on Britt Baker was really well done. Yeah, they definitely... You know what? I'll say this. Uh, she's been Stardom's top champ for, like, months, and she's never really done much for me. But seeing her live, I was a little bit more impressed than normal. Yeah. She's still not, like, 
I, there's a weird disconnect between me and whatever she's doing. Um, but otherwise, like, it was a good match. Mm. And I, I am pretty excited for her and Baker to mix it up. Oh, yeah. It was a really random pairing of, like, women on those teams, though. Yep. Like, uh, B. Priestley being kind of kind of gothic. There's a lot of goths in this promotion. There are. There are. Yeah. Devil worships, yeah. Kind of like a, a goth metal kind of look for her. And then Emi Sakura straight up cosplaying as uh, Freddie Mercury. Even more so than Chris Daniels. <laughs> uh, we, we've got two... We've got, like, what, three goths in the show for, so far? And overall, we had two Freddie Mercury uh, <laughs> uh, cosplayers. So, crazy show. But that was a, that was a good match. Um, I do wish there were more women's matches throughout the night, but yep. I think that's just... Uh, they gotta introduce different aspects of their, you know, brand, uh, you know, over time. Yep. Because, at least in my mind, it, as far as what I understood to be announced for the show, it was John Moxley versus Gavin, uh, Sean Spears. Yep. And I thought that they were closing, so when they came out, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go right to the main event. Yeah. Um, I really like the Telly Blanchard sticking around. Yeah, me too. I feel too. like every company benefits from like veteran experience and presence. Yeah. Um, in the same way that I like Tony Schiavone and Excalibur behind uh, the booth, and JR still here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very much paying attention. Yeah. He's, um, he's doing a good job. Um, he's learning with all of us, yeah. which is very interesting. <laughs> well, I think he's like, I mean, compared to like when he used to do NG, uh, New Japan uh, shows and access, he would not have any fucking idea what's going on. But like this, he's like week to week uh, or event to event and, that, and now week to week, like learning everything and getting his rhythm back and everything. It's good, it's good to watch. He's oh, doing yeah. a good job so far. Um, so yeah, I, um, I used to be a big... What feels like an apologist for Ty Dillinger because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's so over in NXT and this gimmick works so well. When he gets over to the main roster, he should get an opportunity to do more things. And right. then he was sort of in U.S. title feuds and had some matches with AJ Styles. Yeah, two years in a row was number ten in the Royal Rumble, which was a fucking cool novelty the first year. And the second year was like uh, doing it again. Um, I forgot that he did a second year like that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because it was just the same idea recycled. Yeah. Um, I really like his Titantron. I think his songs pretty good it, and then every time you put him up against somebody like Cody or John Moxley you see why he got as far as he did yes yeah there's just there's not a star quality there right um which is interesting because like in hindsight it feeds into the Cody program where Cody called him a solid hand that's what he is yep he's a solid hand there's nothing wrong with that it's just it in watching his matches you're you're waiting for the exciting thing to happen yes yeah I felt the same way it also is interesting that, that happened with um a match that included three former WWE wrestlers because uh, Pac was also on commentary. Yep. Um, I got to go back and watch the show just so I can get the context of what he was saying on there. Um, supposedly, he was just complaining that like the win-loss record thing is bullshit, yep. which makes sense. He's beaten Kevin Omega, but Darby Allin is getting the title shot. Uh, but, um, yeah, it, I didn't... That, was, that, that match was my bathroom break. Uh, not as a you know, comment on the quality of the wrestlers or anything, just because I couldn't hold it anymore. <laughs> um, but I know I missed some spots or whatever, but it wasn't also that exciting. To the fans who were sitting in front of us, we apologize, but <laughs> Jer has a very strong stream. <laughs> yeah. I watched the whole... I just closed my eyes. I just closed my eyes and stood up. Um, but, yeah. Um, that, that match didn't do much for me, and I think it's... Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, or Sean Spears is kind of just a good hand. Yeah, I think it helps to have uh, for him to have a you know a Tully Blanchard in his his uh, at his side because otherwise he's very bland as a wrestler. Yeah, like he's basically. I feel like Aaliyah is basically what he is. Aaliyah from NXT, not mm. the singer. Uh, <laughs> it's like what he not Aaliyah would, now. Yeah, would have been. Uh, <laughs> If, like, he didn't just get lucky with, like, a gimmick that people just kind of ironically liked mm. and then uh, somehow elevated him up to, like, a U.S. title feud. Yeah. Yeah, he um, he did his part. Moxley looks great. Moxley yeah. absolutely has the presence of a fucking rock star. Yeah. I like the story that Spears was, like, trying to be more violent and aggressive, but uh, Moxley's just that much more violent and aggressive. He is violence. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the difference between pretending and, and being a thing. And there were <clears throat> fans that were so hyped to watch John Moxley wrestle that were like on floor level because we were kind of balcony, mm. who just started trying to hype up the crowd more for Moxley yeah. because of how excited they were that he was just in the building. Right. And then people started like yelling at them because 
they just wanted to watch the match. But, yeah. like, that's what Moxley does to people. He injects them with that much enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, just for name value alone, he's, you know, and uh, smart street cred, I guess, would be the best way to put it because of his podcast interviews. Like, um, yeah, he's people are very high on him. Yep. And that's why it doesn't matter that he's against Sean Spears um, because I think it's mostly just the novelty of seeing him in front of you uh, being happy. Correct. Being happy in his creative life uh, for the first time in like eight years or so. Yep. You know, uh, versus when he was in WWE. Uh, the only reason I knew that that wasn't the main event was because Jer- during Jericho's promo, he said something about kicking uh, Dustin Rhodes' ass. Yep. So I was like, oh, we're, uh, he said like he said some he talked some shit about each member of Cody's family, and uh, at one point he said something about Dustin, and then he was like, I'm going to kick his ass tonight. Yep. And I was like, oh, we're getting that match uh, tonight in some form or another. Yeah, like, looping back really quick, he yeah. called Dusty Rhodes a jerk. <laughs> which, yes. like, oh, God, like, so many, like, he got this perfect balance of booze and laughter. Yeah. People are just like, no one hated Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, like, people like Moxley so much that Kenny Omega was nice enough to bring him a barbed wire bat. Yeah, and a mop. Well, a, a broom covered in barbed wire, I mean, I'm sorry. But that was for Kenny. Yes, yeah. They would have had a barbed wire sword fight <laughs> if not for the dastardly pack. Yep. And his chair that had no barbed wire on it at all. Mm-hmm. Keaton, he came to a theme party, and he didn't dress according to the theme. Mm. Does that make you mad? Or does it make you want to lick your fur? <laughs> <laughs> lick uh, your fur. We never introduced ourselves, and I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> but I will say that Keaton the Kid Man is sitting right here with us, because uh, he watched NXT with us. That's fair. Um, yeah, well, I think the main event was really good. For AEW, yeah, yeah, um, it it was Cowboys versus Rockstars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, Hangman Adam Page and Dustin Reynolds yep. versus Sammy Sexy Guevara and the Pain Maker Chris Jericho. Yeah, I love that Jericho's like like is still kind of like the sum of all of his gimmicks so far. Yep, it's nice. Um, but yeah, Jericho looked pretty good. Uh, it was mostly a you know, a, a showcase for Sammy and especially Hangman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell that Hangman's important because he and Jericho are the only guys who got pyro yep. all night. Um, but yeah, they look great. Uh, and then it eventually became chaos. Uh, kind of a clap. I it does still kind of feel like a WWE um, show in that way. I don't think they've figured out ways to innovate a quote unquote wrestling show. Yeah, but it was still a very exciting bunch of. Uh, bunch of people just coming in and beating each other up yep i mean they're two for two on just like chaotic endings to their shows i think that the way they structured this the tag match was good because jake hager got to interfere twice mm-hmm. and was the deciding reason why jericho's team won yeah uh evolved into devolved into a schmoz they did the classic wrestling trope of the lights went out lights, lights come on cody's there because sammy and jericho were beaten up on uh dustin and pa- hangman and jake had like fucked off to the back yep so, you had all of that, and then Santana Ortiz came down, and was, damn numbers game was yeah. catching up to him. Yep. And fucking MJF came out with this Burberry scarf. Yeah, I love that he uh, he teased that he might hit, uh, who was it? Cody. Cody, yeah, with, uh, with a chair, but then he was like, no, I'm Cody's friend, loyalty, and then he beat up other guys with a chair, but he's eventually going to hit Cody with a chair. That's, it, it's going to happen. Yeah. And, like, it... They keep building to it, in a, and again, a company that's only, like, three months old with that particular, like, thread of MJF's character. Yeah. So by the time he actually does turn, it's going to be nuclear. Yeah. I think he's, like, I think it's a really smart booking, because, like, uh, as a heel, people, like, love to boo him, but they also love to just cheer for him. So he's, like, over, um, like, audibly to mm. the audience. So there's, you can't, like, fight against that, you know, you can't just make him go out to every town and be like, this town stinks, because that's also kind of somebody's catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> so, like, just having him be, like, a face who's constantly, um, you know, teasing, turning on somebody's great, because eventually that's going to happen, and you're right, it's going to be nuclear. Yeah. And then Darby Allen rode out on a skateboard and tackled Jericho. Sure did. <laughs> that was arguably the fun, oh, God. Before the lights went out, that was the most fun stunt of the night. Yeah. Because he just went down a big long ramp and clotheslined him. Yep. And then Cody got in, and then he did a one move, and then got dispatched pretty easily. Yep. Which is a, it is what you do when you're going off the air. Yep. Then Cody started yelling about, I just came from a four-hour marketing meeting. <laughs> Which is a good explanation for uh, why he would miss the second episode of the show. Right. And also why he didn't save several people. 
uh, earlier. Fair enough. Um, which is just like, it's one of the, like, you appreciate the transparency and the honesty of just like everything that we're doing, we're just going to tell you about. And because eventually you feel like it'll go away. Yeah. Um, but it was charming. He was yelling about how, like, we're a great company and we're family and it's a revolution and we're never going to stop. And I was like, hey, he has all the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think we really needed the big rah rah speech. No. Um, like, we're better than everyone else. We're not getting, you're not getting what we're showing you anywhere else. Look and at him. Look at him. He's my brother. <laughs> he's 50 and he's so good. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah good, uh, good job. And then they did the dark matches, which were fun. And uh, if you're listening to this, I would recommend catching uh, AEW Dark on YouTube. Because mm-hmm. uh, we got some good ass matches, both one before the show and two at. Well, one of the two thirds of the dark matches were very worth catching. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah, the opening triple threat, it, it's the continuing thing of just, like, you have the librarians, mm-hmm. and that's what they do. They come out, they're, like, stereotypical shushing librarians, yeah. versus Kip Sabian, who, like, I still don't get. Yeah. He's just, like... He's, he's just dude. athletic, I think. Yep. And he's from England, and that's what he does. He's All super right. bad. Yeah. Um, and Sonny Kiss, who is easily the most over part of that whole thing. Yeah, he's um, probably one of the most uh, uh, charis- outwardly charismatic people. There could be. Yeah. He was the he was the good part about Lucha Underground Season 4. Yep. For sure. And I actually am in the uh, Facebook group with the guy who wrote uh, Peter Avalon's uh, library uh, promo. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was cool to see that, like, you know, someone else is believing in him. Yep. Very nice. Um, yeah, that stuff will be up on Tuesday. Oh, and also there was an 8-band tag that wasn't much. It was CU and SEMA, which yeah. was, was, like, an odd, like configuration versus uh th2 jack evans and angelico with the dark order yeah dark order still really aren't doing it for me yeah so i, I do really like th2 they cheated to win right. I, I just like i like the charm of two incredibly athletic guys who just cheat all the fucking time yeah and yeah. like jack evans never shuts the fuck up nope love it he just just lies like spinning cartwheels into people in turnbuckles who are waiting at splash and he fucking eye rakes them yeah it's amazing yeah there the, the, the was like there was good stuff in there, just didn't hold together as a match. Mm-hmm. But we did get a solo Kenny Omega, oh. uh, fucking Joey Janela, uh, lights out match. Yes, a, a quote unquote unsanctioned lights out match, mm-hmm. where they even turned out the lights and then turned them back on. Yep, to indicate that it wasn't sanctioned. That's also the only way Cody can enter or exit a building. <laughs> <laughs> so they oh. had to let him out. Yeah, the 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 gypsy curse. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you're Stardust for too long. <laughs> <laughs> the gypsy magic follows you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it was just like, it was a good, like, Joey Janela match. Yeah. Like, it was just like, it was what Joey Janela does, which is uh, throw his body through shit um, like a fucking crazy person uh, unnecessarily. Yep. And then Kenny Omega just did his, like, uh, signature moves around that. Yep. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. it was it in a nutshell of just, like, as I was watching, I was just like, Omega does not need to be taking these spots. Yeah. Like, he's a world-class main event wrestler, and I feel like it does a tremendous service to Joey Janela, mm. um, who got to look great through it. And it, it almost gets frustrating for me as a fan who's more of a fan of just, like, wrestling matches with gimmicks versus the gimmick is the match. Yeah. Because, like, Janela clearly has good fundamentals like any wrestler does, but just, like... It's so painful to watch anybody get suplexed across a, a seated chair, the back of it. Yeah, just like it was. He had set up like six standing chairs and then got suplexed, like, so that his spine was like parallel with the backs of the chairs, basically. It, and like, that's one of those moments in wrestling where I'm just like, he either hit the mat perfectly with his feet so he was fine, yeah, or he took it, yeah. And if I'm he took it, I'm pretty sure he took it. That's insane. Yeah. Like, at some point, those are the types of spots that catch up to people, which is part of why, like, I get nervous when Darby Allen's wrestling, because I'm just like, guys, eventually something will break for good. Yeah. Um, but the match in and of itself, like, it was an excellent value if you were a fan and watching it live, because it was basically, like, it felt like a blow-off main event pay-per-view match. Yeah. We were just getting because they wanted to give it to us. Right. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I do appreciate that they did. Yeah. Um, I, like, midway through by my work date today, I was like, <laughs> last night I saw one-winged angel onto a standing chair. Like, what a world. Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega went through a table that was flipped upside down. Yeah. So we went through the metal and shit. Yep. I mean, I guess you go through the metal either way, but... 
I feel like the wood at least breaks your fall a little bit and like scatters it. Yeah. Either way, it just like everything seemed way more dangerous and heightened with very little explanation other than uh, these are two guys that want to fight for wins and losses. They're gonna. Yep. This is our this is our dark match main event, and it's K Omega's second ever win, and it's just not televised. Yep. Very interesting. I think they're they're doing a good job like pacing things out. I also um just watch out because like the. Like, like we said, Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus weren't on this show or last week. Um, I think they were on the AEW Dark previous to that. But they're also just doing more of the weird stuff in those Dark Match areas, which mm-hmm. I think is smart because then hardcore fans will, like, tune in and, like, get familiar with that so that even just a percentage of the main audience will know about that stuff before they bring it to TV. Yeah. Which is good. Uh, it's good to have that, like, little those little pockets of support. Instead of just dropping some weird ass thing in the middle of a raw or something, yep. and then uh, just expecting people to like it, and they're like, "What the fuck is this? Get it away from me!" And then they, you know, then you give up on something that could be really uh, great if given time. In describing all of that, I feel like you just told the story of Bray Wyatt the Fiend. Yeah, <laughs> just like they dropped the Firefly Funhouse into the middle of Raw once upon a time. Yeah, it was so weird that in in, char- in charming that it got over. And then, Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. We don't have to go match for match, I think. Uh -uh. Um, Yeah, but like, because half the the show was filler. Yep. Um, But yeah, that main event really soured people on what was, up to that point, an acceptably good show. Yep. Exactly. Um, For for people who didn't watch, it was uh, Seth Rollins versus uh, The Fiend Bray Wyatt in the Hell in a Cell match. And uh, so fucking universal title. Yeah, and... and Seth Rollins hit Bray Wyatt with too many things, and the ref stopped the match, and uh, the crowd was not happy about it. Yep, the loudest boos I've heard at the end of uh, event since last year's Hell in a Cell, True. and audibly yelling for AEW and refunds and so many screen caps of like black screens with the closed captioning just saying crowd booze. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. There's no hiding it. The crowd was unhappy as hell. They stayed to boo more after the lights went up. Yep. Which like you should do. It's almost one of those things where like AEW gave you more value than like you would ex- you would expected like if they had just ended the show with what the matches that they'd had announced would have been fine. They yeah. gave us bonus stuff. Hell in a cell. Um deprived you of your joy <laughs> and then made you stick around to complain about how much joy you did not get yes yeah and it started so hot too yeah like like we said uh i think sasha versus becky in the cell was the like match of the week yep um like an excellent even if i wish that sasha had won uh it just shows that i'm you know invested in her character and her career uh and it was a great like it was the longest match on the card too yep uh like a 20 minute just very creative brawl with weapons and throwing each other through the cage and shit. Uh, then, like, the show kind of dipped in, like, you know, enthusiasm, whatever, and then the main event happened, and you're like, oh, they've done one great Hell in a Cell match. Uh, they'll do another one. This one's fucking coated in red lights. That's a cool effect. I can't see shit, but uh, that's a very cool idea and cool effect. Great presentation. And they just, they're just like, uh, the match where anything goes is just gonna stop because the ref has decided that what has happening is beyond the definition of anything. Right. 11 curb stomps to to Bray Wyatt, which yeah. he kicked out of every one of them or mm-hmm. just didn't stay down for pinfalls. So Seth Rollins, being a logical human being, uh, put a ladder on him yep. and then tried to pin him. Nope. Sandwiched a chair between the ladder because that's louder and more yeah. painful. Hit that mess with a toolbox. That wasn't enough. Grabbed a sledgehammer. The ref is like, "Don't you do that? Yeah. Don't, don't, don't hit no- that pile of things with a man under it." And then he did, and he was like, "No, I told you not to," and that's it. Yeah, it's it- like what Keaton's doing right now. We're saying, "Don't touch it." Uncle Dennis's zipper, but he's still touching it, and now you're disqualified, Keaton. Code now- zipper. <laughs> well, not disqualified. The pot. I'm calling the podcast off. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, see you next. Yeah, but- yeah and then uh, like the. Arguably the most frustrating thing, aside from the fact that Bray Wyatt's super amounts of momentum going into this didn't win, didn't become champion, doesn't really have a direction after this that's clear, sat up 
after everything, <laughs> yep. the cage comes up, the referees are out, he puts a friggin' mandible claw on Rollins, Rollins, like, bites a blood capsule and just, like, yeah. horror movie blood out, and then Bray Wyatt, like, they do the whole horror movie ha-ha-ha laugh and, like, cut, and he's up the ramp, and it's just... Yeah. 18 minutes that you'll never get back that you're just confused why any of it happened the way it did. Yep. It just kept going on and on and on, and, uh... Like that coupled with Kofi Kingston losing in nine seconds the the previous Friday against Brock Lesnar just to just to get him out of the way to introduce Cain uh, Velasquez um, from of MMA fame to fight Lesnar probably in uh, Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. So like it's just like a perfect storm of like the, all the reasons that people don't want to like WWE like just colliding in like one weekend of just shit. So. I am glad we saw AEW, and I'm kind of swearing. I'm going to keep watching the results and, like, looking for highlights of the main roster shit for this podcast. Uh, but I am effectively, like, taking a break from it until the Saudi Arabia thing's done because there's just... I don't think they're going to do anything that's going to appeal to me No, um, for a while. The main roster is real frustrating. They got a, The first night of the draft is coming up on Friday for the second ever Friday Night SmackDown since moving to Fox. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Because it just, like, it's going to shuffle around people who've been on both shows anyway. Yep. I also think, like, it, from what I've seen on Twitter, it looks like they're just bringing a lot of celebrities to announce all these, like, uh, draft picks, um, which seems like a ratings grab. Yep. And the draft episodes of Raw and SmackDown always, well, they, for the most part, kind of suck. Yeah. Um, there was, like, last, no, whichever, I, I saw, I went to a SmackDown for a draft, like, one year. That was pretty good. Um, mostly because, like, they stopped doing this, like, faux NFL draft thing where there's, like, a podium and people come out and they're like, I think Seth Rollins should be on this show. Ooh. And it's like, whoa. Like, instead, like, whoever just shows up, gets their entrance that night, is on the show. And that was, like, the best way to do it, I think. Uh, I don't know if I need Michael Che telling me that, like, Asuka should be on Raw. <laughs> But he feels so strongly about Oscar. <laughs> and what if he spat some green mist before he said it? <laughs> okay, well, I'd pay for that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it. Raw and SmackDown, like, we've been joking about it, talking about it. There's the, On Raw alone, there's three simultaneous cuck angles happening mm-hmm. with Drake Maverick can't sleep with his wife. Bobby Lashley is now seducing Lana, sure. Yeah. And Mike Kanellis apparently has. He just. He, he has no identity as a man, yeah. let alone genitalia. Yeah. You know what? Um, he, um, Beyond Wrestling, uh, had some tweet that uh, Mike Kanellis uh, replied to asking if he can get a match. Um, and for, on Twitter, he's he goes by his name, Mike Bennett. And it took me a while to remember that's who he was. Yeah. Because uh, I forgot that uh, he is not his, his last name. The, the, that the joke is that he took his wife's name. Yep. Because ha ha ha. <laughs> very smoky. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a long way away from the prodigy Mike Bennett. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, hell in a cell. You know, I'm I'm happy that the Kabuki Warriors are finally doing something. I love that. And like the, for me that was what was so jarring about like as the show just kind of like fell off a cliff because that's that's when I tuned in. I didn't yeah. get the chance to see uh, Sasha Becky live. I watched it after the fact, mm. and I missed Orton and Ali doing what they were doing. So I saw the um, the women's tag, and I loved it because yep. I was like, "Okay, Oscar and Kyrie Sane are doing something." Yep, and I really like that match too. Like, yeah. they, everyone got to shine a little bit. Yep. Um, and the, and even though it is weird that Oscar, uh, well, two things are weird. One, Oscar and Kyrie Sane just being heels now. Yep. For no real reason, which is fine. Sometimes you just take some time off and decide to capitalize on being back. Yep. Also weird that this page just disappeared. Yeah. Because she was like a big part of forming them as a tag team. I hope she comes back in six months and forms another tag team and then just goes away. Yep. Like, That's what she does. <laughs> just comes back like, uh, fucking Carmella and Naomi. They're my, like, uh, Naomella. That's, that's their tag team name. Yeah. And we're going to revolutionize women's tag. And then they fucking disappear for six months and yep. come back and the page isn't with them anymore. Nope. She's, she's like a ghost who like whispers uh, tag team ideas <laughs> into <laughs> the women's division. Yep, and then just dis- just disappears to the rafters like Sting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with a heelish uh, 
Asuka Kairi Sane. I'm happy that Asuka's spouting green mist now. Yep. Uh, and she's still doing her YouTube channel. Yep. So it's wins all around. Yeah. And, yeah, she just has green teeth while she does it. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, they had the, the rematch on Raw. They're still the champion. Mm-hmm. Or, actually, no, they didn't do the rematch. They fought they, they, Becky Lynch and Charlotte, Charlotte. Blair. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, continue to just, like, cheat and be dicks, and why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to give them a most, mouthpiece with Paige and you're just going to let them wrestle, which you should have done from the beginning with both of them, might as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, like... Neither of us too happy about the main roster WWE stuff, nope. but we are still watching NXT, yeah. which we did right before this, uh, just to have a comparison point between that and AEW. Uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, well, which show, what what grabs you about each show? I think visually, yeah, comparing the two, visually, AEW uh, is more compelling, Yeah, it's more colorful, it looks more vibrant, and I mean, that's, that's part of the difference of filming in arenas versus uh, where NXT is filmed, which is full sale. Mm. They can try to brighten it up, which they do with, like, more lights, but no matter what, it's only going to get a certain amount of just, like, illumination period. Yeah, it's it's a very small stage. Yep. Um, and it, part of me, when they initially made the announcement, was like, oh, move, staying in full sale is a great idea because the crowd is always going to be, like, A+. Plus. Yep. Uh, I For now, the crowd at, uh, for... Dynamite is also A+. Plus. Yep. Uh, maybe that'll change in time, and it'll be harder to keep a full arena, you know, engaged with the show. But as of uh, now, it just feels, it makes NXT feel real small. Yeah. It makes it feel real small, but the matches are still excellent. Yes. Yeah. Um, the it, talent is unimpeachable. Yeah. that That's what grabbed me about this week's NXT, thinking about the last two weeks, too, is that their, their depth chart is so deep. Yeah. Um that they can just roll out matches at will, like Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair, or Swerve versus uh, Isaiah Scott Swerve versus Roderick Strong. Any given week, they can just build a takeover card and give it to you for free. Yeah. Um, and they deliver, too. Like, it's not just like, like they have these dream matches and they kind of fart around, like main roster things, where they're just kind of like prolonging clean finishes to get to some kind of end point at like a pay-per-view yeah. or something else. Or like sending two people out just so for an excuse for them to be out there when somebody else... Uh, cuts a promo on them. Yeah, after the match, they had like a three, four week mini program between Kushida and Walter that we watched pay off tonight with Kushida versus Walter. Yep, and make Kushida look like a million bucks. Yep, uh, or twenty, uh, hundred million yen, whichever way. Yep, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, it, yeah, um, it actually goes to something that Alyssa. Um, I asked Alyssa what she thought about uh, AW Dynamite last night, and her opinion was that everyone on the show seemed highly skilled mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't have she thought people looked like more skilled at wrestling than uh, New Japan um, damn yeah but they don't have they didn't really have the chemistry no. to like really you know gel quite in the same way which I think makes sense because like everyone in New Japan's been in New Japan for years uh, they've come through the dojo or whatever um, and everybody in NXT is it, essentially lives together yep. they're all down in florida doing the show in the same studio every uh, week uh training at the performance center together and then AEW is a bunch of people from all around the world uh traveling to the same city once a, a week and i don't know what else they do together you know at all and i think it's going to be time before they all get on the same page in some ways yeah um but the the potential is limitless yes uh like keith lee yes um but he's both times limitless potential for both rosters. Yeah, just that one has like it, they're gonna put on an arguably better show. I think like four out of five times. Yeah, but AEW is just more exciting visually and just uh, as a novelty. Yeah, it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. It's it it seems faster, even though like the the pace of NXT is breakneck. Yeah, um, th- like. The, the epitome of exactly what Alyssa was describing there was, like, the women's tag, where they're mm. all very good at what they're doing. Their timing's excellent, their placement's great, the mm. sequences all make sense, but they don't have a crowd connection yet because there's not really cohesion between each other and, like, the crowd yet. You don't really have a sense of identity of who Britt Baker is, except for she's a dentist. Yep. Um, I'm glad that she has a mandible claw thing as, like, a finisher now, because that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Yep. And she also uh, had some comments about, like, she was on commentary for the... Uh, women's title match last week. Did mm-hmm. you watch? Where, I did. Okay. 
And like she made a co- some comment about like, oh well, one thing I'm good at is studying, which is kind of corny, yep. but it does kind of play into her like doctorate uh, being part of her wrestling persona, yeah. which I like. They're figuring things out like that as they go. It's the difference between showing and telling. Because, yeah. like, Shayna Baszler wrestles like she does research on her opponents before the matches start. Which mm-hmm. is why, like, last week when she fought Candice LeRae, she seemed to have a counter for most of whatever Candice did. Even though they've only fought, I think, on TV once before in the... Uh, May Young Classic. May Young Classic. Yep. So you have that versus Britt Baker's just going to tell you that. And then she has the opportunity to show you the next time she faces whoever she's watching. Yeah. But she didn't get to really, like, uh, show it because she was teaming with Rio yeah. uh, the next week. But... Yeah, uh, they're slowly introducing everybody, and I think in some ways everybody's being introduced to each other yep. as like working, you know, a uh, working roster. It's probably why they paired up, like say, B Priestley with two Joshi wrestlers because like she's been in Japan for like a year now and uh, is like used to working with uh, Japanese wrestlers. Uh, they threw a bunch of WWE wrestlers together in the Moxley Spears match with uh, Pack in the background. Yep, you know. Um, so like it's, there's a lot of styles that they just need to like get together and figure out how they all fit with each other, mm-hmm. as well as two goths working together. I just remembered. Lots of goths. Yeah, too many goths. That's not true. You can't have too many. Listen to Corner earlier that day. <laughs> Falling away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. It, NXT. I feel like. NXT at the moment has the benefit of just like more and better established stables. Like mm. the elite is the elite, but yep. they're they rarely appear all on camera at the same time in a wrestling capacity. So far, they haven't at all. Right. Um, and the Undisputed Era is almost always together, mm. and so is Imperium. Yeah. And those are, like, the two big heel stables that are just kind of healing it up right now. Right. So in terms of, like, recognizability and getting a sense of who the characters are quicker, it's NXT. It's what, And it makes things like Velveteen Dream's promo this week so much more fun because he puts up a Photoshop of Roderick Strong wearing nothing but the title yep. stretched out on a couch. Oh, well, that part was real. That was a photo that Roddy put up. I love it. Yeah. But was the Photoshop real? I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask his wife, and she says no. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I love the segment of, like, Roddy putting that photo up, Dream taking the photo away and blurring out the crotch, yeah. which was, like, a few centimeters. Yeah. Well, he didn't even really, it was blurred. But it was just, like, with a big X, so it looked like he had no dick. Yep. Which, it's a very roundabout way of doing a small dick joke, but I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, The Velveteen Dream, knowing Photoshop, is some fun canon. Yep. uh, That also makes a a deep amount of sense. It also potentially segues to Kyle O'Reilly, who knows GarageBand. Because he made that (laughs) sick mashup video of the Undisputed Era for the NXT opening. That's true. Yeah, he knows uh, GarageBand, and I assume whatever uh, the Mac... um, video editing program is that's right yeah um multimedia feuds <laughs> i also think that uh velveteen dream make knowing uh photoshop makes sense because prince also did a lot of his uh, own uh album covers towards the end and they all sucked oh. <laughs> um like dicks yes um but yeah i think like overall it's interesting that um like when you compare the ratings they're just gonna even out it seems like hmm. uh AEW took a minor hit, and AEW uh, NXT is also like decreasing, but they're both hovering around the one million uh, points, which is uh, some boring number shit. But it's interesting to see like where people are like where wrestling fans are gravitating, and it's like roughly even essentially. Yeah, um, I mean, appointment television is just down across the board for yeah. almost everything that isn't like a phenomenon. When you have Game of Thrones type series, people are going to tune in because they want to be talking about it. It, it it's almost like the advent of the WWE Network and how popular and just kind of easily accessible wrestling content is. You don't have to watch this stuff live. Yep. Um, you can, but to talk about it with like your wrestling fans. But we probably got to if if things continue to pick up, which I hope they do for like wrestling fans and just anybody who can get into pro wrestling. We're probably a year or two away from like having to see this stuff as it happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, overall, I think. Uh... I think AEW reminds me of Game of Thrones in a way because it's just more loud and uh, makes me want to like see what happens immediately more. Uh, whereas NXT, I know is going to be really good, right? Um, but I'll watch it with you the next day mm-hmm. um, and just accept that I'll miss a couple things because Hulu cut away like a couple squash matches or whatever here or there, right? But yeah. Uh, overall, who, who are you watching first? Um, AEW, if I get the chance. Yeah. Um. 
because what I really like about the replay is that you can just go to TNT's website, no sign-in, no network, no subscription, you're just there. Yeah, that's uh, very helpful. Um, I actually signed up for Sling just to be able to watch it live, but I might go that route uh, you know, in the future. Yep. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, I'll watch that first because I think like their production value actually puts them over the top, mm. whereas uh, I just know NXT is going to be a good show. And I can wait for the takeovers to watch those live or the day after. Yeah. Depending on uh, whether or not the password I have for the WWE Network works on any given day. Fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's been our rundown of the fucking wrestling of the this, this these packed wrestling weeks. Yep. Um, fucking, you, you just try to make me watch Impact. Uh, <laughs> I we can't. dare you. Yeah. Uh, I don't even, I don't have access to access. So, hey. fucking you, you, you fucking give me a. I did watch Raw illegally, actually, <laughs> <laughs> or no, uh, SmackDown illegally because I don't. His Fox isn't on Sling right now. Mm. Uh, it's dumb, but yeah, uh, it's gonna be. I we are blessed to have two fucking amazing shows. I wish they were on different nights. Yep, but it's good to have them anyway. We can all watch them whenever because of uh, technology. So yeah, uh, anything you want to add? It's an embarrassment of riches. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's a great time to be a disenfranchised WWE fan because now you have an alternative that is airing and is very much about competing without making a big deal about the fact that it is competing. Um, New Japan's just kind of in the background, you know, doing its thing whenever it feels like it kind of quarterly. Yeah, we're like, we're in the, the like, deep uh, New Japan ain't doing shit, like, air, um part of the calendar yeah um i think i mean yeah uh what's it called king of pro wrestling is coming up this weekend though this sunday they do have a big event coming up that's going to be good but um those these tend not to be consequential nope but maybe maybe they will be who fucking knows uh i mean and that's the thing that's like the selling point of new japan maybe something will happen right now yeah it's hard to when it's not the g1 or wrestle kingdom or like the lead up to dominion it's hard to keep super invested. Yep. Um, and Stardom has had, like, the week off, and they've been updating a bunch of, like, archival shit, so I'm going to watch some of that uh, later on. But, uh, yeah, it's too, there's too much wrestling, and, like, if you ignore the main North American wrestling, uh, the other shit's going really good. Yep. The AEW and NXT stuff. Just If we just did away with the rest of the week and kept Wednesday nights good... And then stretch Wednesday to two different nights, I would be in heaven. Jared Palapal, weekly magician. <laughs> uh, coming to you on AW Dynamite. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been Jared Palapal on Twitter.com Swing Dingling. Dennis Bruno at DBruno42 on Instagram at SenseiDinaby on the Twitter. And Keaton is Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. Uh, he recently learned about Garfield and uh, <laughs> he. He kind of idolizes him. Aww. <laughs> it's really sweet. Uh, so check that out. Uh, check us out at the uh, on the Geek Down network. We're in the Geek Down uh, RSS feed. Uh, subscribe to the Geek Down and uh, have a good night. Thank you very much. I love you. Bye bye. Get that lasagna. Well, I ain't put a lasagna up to the wrestle though.